Hello, you're listening to the Talk of Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. We're from the TalkySpirit.com website, where you can go for all of our anime, new and old, as well as our wonderful community, the form links at the top there, social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. But yeah, today we are reviewing Revolutionary Girl Utena. Yay! I one f- of them off of our <laughs> list of shame. It has been done. It's been a long time coming, but yes, finally, Revolutionary Girl Utena is now finally off of my list of... of really bad shame like i have my 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 list of shame but then i have my really bad shame list and utana is definitely one of those ones but yeah we got a review copy from nozomi entertainment and write stuff three parts on blu-ray they have it available it's a revolutionary girl utana and revolutionary girl utana adolescence apocalypse it's basically three parters and the movies in the third part so we got to watch the entire 39 episode series as well as the one half hour movie yeah the Japanese title, of course, is Shoujo Kakume Utena and Utena, or Adolescence Mokushiroku. Again, this was a 39-episode series and an hour-and-a-half movie. Premiered back in spring of 1997, done by studio JC Staff. The source is original. Um, the movie is actually based off of manga. The genres are mystery, psychological, drama, fantasy, shoujo. Uh, the creator, director, script, and storyboard writer is, of course, Kunihiko Ukihara, and who of course did Mawara Penguin Drum, Yukuruma Rashi, all that good stuff. And uh, the creator, also credited as the creator for the original Revolutionary Girl Artana, as well as the manga f- that was used for the movie, is Chiho Sato, who of course is part of B Papas, which is uh, the company that made Revolutionary Girl Artana. So there's your all of your information about <laughs> this series. A lot of stuff there, but yeah. Are you ready? I hope so. All right, right, right. Well, this one basically follows Utena, who she is starting to go to this uh, school where all these people are located. But the interesting thing about this school is that there, she comes in with this ring on her finger. Apparently in her past, she was confronted by a prince who helped with her issues with losing her parents and gave her a ring and said that would help her find him. And so she dreams to one day meet this prince, but she also dreams of becoming the prince herself. So she kind of a little bit tomboyish to herself. She arrives at this school and what she ends up finding out is that this ring makes her a part of these duelists. And there's different people in the school that all have these rings and they are all duelists that can fight for this Rose Bride, who is Anthe uh, Himia. And Anthe Himia, she kind of, whoever is the one that has won the duel she becomes their bride and will follow them and do everything that they need. And so she immediately does not, she takes uh, issue with how Anthe is being treated. So she decides to challenge the current owner of Anthe and ends up winning in this duel against him. And then Anthe becomes bride to her, even though she doesn't really want to be her bride. She's like, whatever, do whatever you want to do. I don't really want to be your, <laughs> you to be my bride. It's just, I don't, I didn't like what was going on there. And then what comes from there is that uh, Utena ends up running into different people who are part of this dueling for this Rose Bride and end up finding out different issues they're going with and this kind of overarching story about this end of the world that is contacting different individuals that are uh, duelists and telling them, well, technically the student council, which are technically duelists, telling them about different things that they have to do in order to bring about this end of the world. Yeah, is that is that a good coverage of things? Yep, that's a I good starting thing. point. After so long of all of the symbolisms and, and breakups and, and, and deconstructions that it goes through, you kind of forget the original story. <laughs> yeah, I Do you think, want to start things? 
I think that's a pretty good starting point. We, I, I love this show, by the way. I, I thought it, it, it looked great. I thought it had a very fun, engaging story through pretty much the entire thing. There was a few points that I kind of got, it felt almost a little bit repetitive with its, um, with its nature as an episodic show. It felt kind of, after a while, it kind of got into a, what is the pattern? A pattern. And and that pattern didn't break very well. Uh, it, it took a while for it to get out of its slump at a certain point. But for the most part, I found myself enjoying myself through the entire show. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily f- got kind of the same things as everybody else out of this show. I do think that this, uh, this show does like to um, toy with taboos. And... Um, I think that overall, this was a show about adolescence as a whole and exploring it, uh, uh, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And I think that that's what I got out of this show as a whole. Um, and I think that it did really well at exploring those, those themes as it got to the, the grand finale. I I describe this show and this series as the most cracked out coming of age story ever. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I think this show kind of comes in three parts for me. It, it's like there is the traditional style of storytelling. There's each person, they have their issue. Um, here's them overcoming it. But then it takes that and it puts it into like crazy symbolisms and just cracked out uh, uh, nuances all over them to kind of express this change in their lives. That's why I kind of say it's the cracked out coming of age story. They're all kind of coming to grips with different things like uh, childhood uh, idolizing of things, uh, you know, the whole prince and princess idea, uh, gender roles, uh, romance, abuse, all these different kinds of things. Sexuality is all kind of these things that these people are kind of coming in terms with, but with some kind of cracked out way of presenting it. And that's kind of what I really enjoy about it is um, that element of taking it to another level, expressing it, but not completely throwing it in your face kind of thing. Then there's the uh, the absolutely amazing uh, lover-to-death comedy of Nanami, who helps kind of break up the mood every now and then with some really absolutely bonkers episodes. She was definitely episodes. a lot of the high points in the show. I don't know how... <laughs> she she came in and we were like, oh, well, well, at least me. I was like, oh, well, whatever. Okay, we got a Ojo going on here. And she became the light of the show easily. <laughs> and I think the, the, the last part is really just the, um, the main theme of things, which, yeah, I agree with Chris, is I don't... I don't think I got as a powerful message out of things as as some people did, um, but I think it is also one of those things, just like Yuri Kumarashi when I watched that one, is I feel like I can see how somebody can get something really cool out of this, how somebody can get maybe empowered by this, how somebody can find uh, direction from this, but at the same time, there's also a lot of message in there that kind of makes me question things, like, you know, the whole incest thing that, wow, there is a lot of incest in this show. I. I think I counted four or five cases of incest in there, which was was probably the most I've ever seen in any show. But, I mean, like I said, they're, they're all coming-of-age stories where they're trying to come in grips with these kind of things. And I think that if... When I'm hearing about somebody getting a lot out of a story like this because of those messages that it has, I think that's really cool. Because that's, again, same with Yuri Kamarashi and other works that he does, is he always seems to pull symbolism is in there and, and, and empowering messages in there that a lot of people get out of these things which is like i said is one of those things that 
made this one of those shows that I'm really sad that I never watched before. Um, I was due to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with Chris. I, I was very much surprised. I, I, I went into this actually thinking I was going to be disappointed. I honestly did. I came into it expecting I was going to be disappointed. And for the first, like, you know, 12 episodes or so, or beginning parts of the show, I was actually absolutely surprised. I was into the characters. I was into the art style. I was into the comedy that was in there. Everything was all four cylinders. It was great. Or is it four cylinders? Yeah, on all cylinders. It was on all cylinders. <laughs> However many cylinders you have, it was on all of them. I was enjoying it. Absolutely enjoying it. I was absolutely surprised how much I was enjoying it. And then at some point, yeah, like Chris mentioned, it got to a point where it just got into this pattern. It would have a character, they would have some issue, and it would cue the same pattern over again. There, go to the go to the top of the thing. Uh, the car one was a big thing. It was like, here comes a car, and they jump on the car, and he jumps on the hood of the car, and there's the end of the world kind of thing. That part was disappointing to me. I thought it... It was what I told Chris. I'd said it's the same problem I had with Yuri Kumarashi, and Chris was joking about this early on. Was like he just loves being those certain images into your head over and over again. And I'm like, but I don't see it as that. I see it as we need to fill basically a quarter of the episode with the same segment over and over again. And that's where it kind of that's where I start going. Ukuhara, I don't like this about you. <laughs> I don't like that you keep showing me the same imagery over and over and over again. It's it's like Magical Girl transformations on crack because you're taking even more time than Magical Girl's transformations take. Um, and that's kind of the bothersome thing is that segment was kind of repetitive in how they were kept showing that. But then it can, of course, it came back around. It got to the conclusion, which I thought... Yeah, and the don't I, don't I, don't I, talking the, the little puppetry thing. Um, but yeah, that was a little bit bothersome for me. But it came back to a really cool conclusion to it. And like I said, I well, I, and, I acknowledged the, the what they were trying to do. The funny thing is about those those two girls. I know this is the, you you remind me. Three I got girls. a kick out of them. The, the the at the beginning they made sense and they were somehow tied into the story. And then at the end, they were just so cracked out. It was like, <laughs> what is the point of these things anymore? <laughs> you got a tire. And I, I do believe that is something that I kind of struggle with Ikuhara's work is I don't, I sometimes feel like I'm not getting the full experience out of his stuff because it's so lost in symbolisms that you're trying to progress one symbolism and he's throwing us another type of symbolism at you. And it's one of those ones that I almost want to go back and just watch somebody who just analyzes the fire out of it and gives you all of what they're thinking his interpretation is what he's doing. I didn't want to do that before we did the review because then I feel like I would have been uh, swayed by that. But it is something that I do want to go back and look at these kind of things and what people are driving out of it because while I might not agree with everything they pull out of the show, I think they are really cool to see what people pulls from his work because I do believe a lot of his stuff is sometimes either extract or has really cool meaning behind there that you might end up pulling from it. So it is it is definitely a, a pool of, of symbolisms everywhere. Um, but I think it is outside of that, not as difficult to understand as I originally thought it was going to be. Because I think outside of the more probably deeper things it is a basically a simple idea of here's this person, they're having this problem, and this is the, sim the way they're going to kind of interpret in some way of symbolism how they're 
getting over it and or the or or showing their struggle through this symbolism and i think that's pretty cool so the closest thing to fan service is a fan in front of nanami <laughs> it's fan service down in our lower half let's make that clear <laughs> so are we going to approach the movie i i do is it time for the movie yet? i think uh i mean it, it, throws, it throws it all in together but uh I think I'm pretty much got most of the stuff that I want to cover with it. I like I said, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It has some struggles in the middle part. I thought the ending was um, pretty cool. They did some pretty cool stuff with the ending that I wasn't really. I I knew they were gonna throw some little twists in there, but um, they did some pretty good job of, of throwing some wrenches into what I initially thought things were towards the later parts of it. The little twist at the end was 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 I thought was fairly interesting in how they played that out. I wasn't I wasn't quite expecting it and it 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 did turn into a an interesting little tidbit into the idea of where where I do kind of differ from most people on on how how much of a a play on a lot of individualism this. versus conformity is 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 what I I see a lot of in if anything I see in this show itself um, and I think that that played out a little bit well in the in at, towards the end. Well, I think a lot of my uh, interest in this series was a lot in the uh, the norms they were kind of breaking. They they do play a lot on uh, social norms. They do play a lot on a lot of the earlier part is heavily on how Hamimia was like had absolutely no individualism. I I, I thought it was absolutely shocking the moment that. Uh, Basically, she trades hands from Utena again, and she completely changes. And it was like literally a slap in the face of how conformed she is to what she has to do. And they kind of play out that. It, with It's similar to the whole prince and princess thing. They kind of play off of, um, again, social norms, uh, allowing social norms from being broken or taboos from being allowed. Those kind of things are constantly in there. And I think that's something they also play on in a lot with the the later parts of it, which, again, was a lot of my enjoyment of the, the conclusion. So it just piles it on. <laughs> it just piles it on. Well, it doesn't, and, and, it doesn't and seem it, to care. And that's and that's the funny thing is I, I c- considering it, what, what I mean, when we were talking about this, I, I was like, well, I don't think that this is going to be that long of an episode, but we almost have to go into spoiler discussion just to talk about half of the the uh the the cool little tidbits of just interesting little um how they would play on the taboos not necessarily that they were um breaking them but i mean just the 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 car at the end is like well that was obviously a symbol of of going into adulthood yeah i know it was really more sex but my my point is is it it does play on conformity individualism it plays on adulthood, adolescence. It plays on taboos, exploring tattoo, taboos and tattoos. Um, but it, it, no, we don't want to talk about taboo tattoos. <laughs> and I think that that is the kind of the essence of this show: is what is what is taboo, what is conformity, what is individualism? Is individualism a taboo? Is conformity? Um, is is accepting conformity? I think now that you've pointed out Anthony uh, Himemia's uh, her being that doll, that is conformity in in its extreme. I so I I, I actually I, I there I, like I said I love this show. I, I well, th- there was so much in it. What I what I got a kick out of it, and we kind of talked about this in a, in a recent uh, podcast we recorded, so it's kind of fresh in the mind. Is 
I like that there's a lot of people that will have messages in their their uh, artistry or their their anime or their novels or their manga. They'll have a, a message that they want to tell, and it's usually pretty much in your face. But I think what's great about this one, and I think is probably what makes Ukihara so great, um, even though I don't, I don't, I'm not totally thrilled by most of his works so far. I do acknowledge that I really like the fact that even though he shows these things, he's never really saying if something is right or wrong. He's always kind of just portraying it, and often it looks pretty bad. And I, I kind of respect that. I, I respect that he's not showing, you need to allow this or you need to not allow this. This is what I think. He's usually kind of just laying it out there and letting people decide. And I think that's something I really appreciate about his work. Even with Yuri Kamarashi, he wasn't really saying, do this. He was just kind of laying it out there and saying, you decide. And I, I, I really like that about his work. Yep. I'm not sure if you got the same thing out of it. I agree. And again, that could be just I'm that's the way I'm interpreting it, and it could be that it's it's more plain than I'm actually seeing. But that's again is what's cool about something that has so much uh symbolism in it. But uh yeah. I can't think of anything else really I want to cover. Um I did appreciate all the characters, even though there was some characters that uh felt like they were a little more uh thrown to the side quicker than the other ones. I think they each had their moment to shine. What's interesting is it also seemed like they had an extra time to shine. It's like they bring him back around and say, I think they did it about three times for most of the characters. They, they showed them, they showed their flaws and they kind of bring them back around to bring in the next step of their kind of progression. And then of course that final one, which you can't really say because spoilers, but well, the uh, only... each point in their kind of progression is kind of symbol symbolized by this kind of rotation of uh, stages that they're kind of taking with the story. Yeah. The only, the only section that I, I'm I'm really really mixed on was the um, dark bride for lack of a better term, um, the dark rose arc, yeah. which I I do know what they were doing there. It was obviously they were regressing to their childhood or they were going backwards instead of forward, and that was kind of the point. But I don't know that they really captured the essence of and and I think that that's really kind of more where I felt like I got got into the lull and and I don't think I really well, got out, out of that lull again until that, and I, I think that's mostly due with the fact that it's such a a large portion of that episode is taken by that repeated uh transition into the fight and the fight happening and then cutting it off it seemed like most of what they could do with that character was cut off by just doing the same transition right I and agree. that's that's where my frustration comes from it, is, it, it, it's it, more it, of like a, a you you had something cool here but you didn't kind of see it through completely yeah like i said that was the only part that i don't know that i really i know what they were doing there but i don't think that they captured it as as well as they did the other two arcs for lack of a better term yeah i think that's another thing that's kind of a testament to how much i'm kind of thrilled to seeing this and, and wanting to actually watch it again is because i want to go back and watch it i want to kind of see uh what i might have missed because just one watch through does not seem like enough to get the kind of full story of it uh the movie on the other hand is pretty straightforward <laughs> in my opinion but the movie you you think it was straightforward i thought it was all over the place well it was all I mean, over the place but what it was doing it. it was all over the place but what it was doing was pretty straightforward it was. It seemed like it was a pretty straightforward little uh, escape. Is really what it turns into. Um, I thought it was interesting that because I I read a lot of people talk about how they watched the movie first and they had no clue and they had to watch the series before they understood anything. I was yeah, you have to watch the series before you watch the movie because 
it does change quite a bit. Um, a lot of the characters change. I mean, uh, I mean, not really spoilers here, but Utana like literally knows Tuga, and they're kind of talking to her immediately because they know each other so well. Um, that wasn't really something in the original series. They didn't really know each other off the bat. It's um, it's so it it does change quite a few bit things, but it kind of hits the the main concept of introducing this world and. Ansi was way different. I, I've heard a lot of people say that they kind of had switch roles, which I kind of almost see how their personalities was kind of switched. But it ends up coming into like, let's go and do this. I think it's a very straightforward movie, but like I said, I don't think it's straightforward enough that you can watch it without watching the original series. I, I agree. I, I do think that you have to have the series. And and I and it's only on the aspect of I believe that it was it played out almost as if it assumed you understood you had a foundation in who these characters were. Yeah, the, the core concept of the world. Right. It's like when they introduced Mickey, it wasn't that they, it wasn't that they explained who Mickey was. It didn't explain who um, Mickey's sister was. It just automatically assumed you knew these two were related and what 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 is their significance? Why they were there. It doesn't try. It goes right straight into their story and goes to the meat of their story. Um, and this, 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 this part of it was, like I said earlier, it 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 was way more cracked out than than I mean. They were having a lot of fun. They were having a lot of fun, and <laughs> it, I it took a while to. I, I want to say it was almost. It, it took until like the last thirty minutes before I understood what the heck was going on. Yeah. And it wasn't that it was a lack of um, building on itself. It was like, I see you're doing something here. I don't know what it is. And I'm trying to grab as much as I can, but it's going so quickly that it's hard to grasp onto anything. And then towards the end, it was like, okay, well, I see what you're doing here. And I still don't think it was all that vague or all that... uh, opaque it, it was very vague in what they were trying to say towards the end and it was still straightforward it just was still fairly well i think the problem that i have with really the movie is that most of the earlier parts is kind of muddled and it's kind of throwing these different stories at you um pretty quickly and it almost feels like once you get to that final climax, you're going, okay, so I guess this is what you, you were doing with this, but then at the same time, you look back and you go, then what was the point of that and that and that other than to maybe introduce that this world kind of has issues? So I do kind of have a feeling of, of when they're, when you have that later part, you're looking back at the rest of the story, you kind of wonder what was a point, but at the same time, I think it they they mesh, they kind of have something to them if you've watched the, the the series. But again, they're not... Even, and also, I kind of posed to Chris, is like, uh, do you think this is a uh, retelling, or do you think this is a sequel or prequel? <laughs> and, and You and, can and, kind of go with something there. I don't want to say specifically. I'm being vague. And that's and that's what I that when, when I, when I answered it, was like, I don't know. I, I, it <laughs> felt like somebody else wrote this particular section because... I can see what they were doing, and 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 reconsidering it afterwards, it it, it it's almost like what they were doing was they were saying, okay, here's the story, and then here's the storybook version of it. If you take it from that aspect, I think it it makes a it little almost, bit more sense. I I was thinking because I I felt like the series was going for 
the coming of age stories for all these characters and the shatterings of the taboos they're kind of dealing with. Whereas I think the movie was more straightforward in the idea that it was going for this one specific purpose that was technically addressed in the original series, but a lot more in your face with the movie. And so when I think of that perspective, it feels like almost like this, they almost wanted to touch a little bit on the series world, but they knew they wouldn't have enough time. So they kind of condensed it to this one little thing and then changed a little bit how it kind of concluded that way. Uh, returners will get something, a different experience out of it, a different message out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of what I came out of it. <laughs> but yeah, it looked, it looked really crazy. I actually, I actually really liked um, a lot of the visuals and a lot of the character designs more in the movie than the series because I never liked Himimiya's hair. I hate her hairstyle. And it wasn't until like the later part of this series that uh, when they finally show her kind of dropping her hair down, it was like, oh, I love her hairstyle like this a lot more. And then to have an entire movie where her hair is down, I was like, I like this Himimiya a lot better. <laughs> it's just my, my taste, so... Um, hamu. <laughs> I had to throw a hamu in there. Nanami is so great. Chew. I miss my. Man- I'm gonna miss my Nanami. She was so fantastic. Like, just her bad luck and the elephants chasing her everywhere. Of course, reasons why, but a freaking elephant falling off a cliff after her. it's like just crazy. Poor girl. She's had so much bad luck, and she owned that cowbell. She owned. She it. owned that she cowbell. Owned it. Uh, only she can. Yeah, not only best girl. Yeah, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of confusions. A lot of drawn conclusions. A lot of symbolisms. A lot of interpretations. That's that's revolutionary girl Otuna, and we definitely loved driving down that trail. Again, I did. I do see that there's some issues somewhere in there with that repetitive nature, but I think in the end, there's so much in this show that I cannot deny that it's got a lot of lot going for it and a lot of rewatch value that I'm looking forward to eventually. I can understand why a lot of people like the show. There's there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we got this copy of Revolutionary Girl Utena part 1, 2 and 3 Blu-ray. They do still have the DVDs, but I think they're running out of stock on some of them. This was a full Blu-ray release that they did with this one and uh they sent us a copy of the three parts to review. Thank you so much for Nozomi Entertainment and Right Stuff for doing that so that we can take a look at it, finally get it off our watch list, our watch of shame, and let you guys know about it. And I think it was a great little transfer to Blu-ray. I don't, I've don't, never watched the original DVDs, um, but I had no issues with this Blu-ray version. There was no uh, no jitteriness. There was no not too much grayness in there. They did an excellent job transferring it over. So it looked great. So... Again, we thank them for sending that to us. We hope you guys enjoyed us talking about Revolutionary Girl Engineers. If you want to check it out, definitely go pick up a copy of yourself. Um, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed. Definitely let us know what you think of the symbolisms and spoiler tags in our uh, our forums at atalkspirit.com. We thank you all for listening. We hope you all enjoyed, and you all take care. Oh,